the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon and greetings. Thanks for coming along the Friday... February 9th edition of the Ride Home. Right before we uh, went to air, Kath and I fell into a little bit of a wormhole and uh, trying to find out the song Deja Vu. Which is a horrible song. It's, it's, it's a ter- I I hated yeah, it as a child. It? Really? I hated it as a child. Could and I haven't be? And I haven't thought of it for years and years and years. And hearing it again, all of a sudden, it's like the revulsion is welling up. Hmm. Why? Could I, it I, be the I, I think it's a bad song. Yeah, that's not a bad song. Is Lex, who is that person? Who sang that song, Deja, Deja Vu? Vu? Exactly. Do-do-do. I always thought it was a guy. You thought it was Olivia Newton. I thought it was, but I think it's a guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just kicking off our Friday show yeah, with a anyway, little slice of exactly. Deja that's Vu. That's what happens in uh, before we go to air. <laughs> right. Things do happen. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's football or um, Super Bowl weekend. What? Yeah. No one told me. <laughs> What's going on? Have you made your... You, oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. finally cemented Fi- your plans? Oh, yeah. It's easy. It's okay. like the standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're going shopping. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tonight? Uh, no, we think Saturday. Oh, t- you're... You know, there's going to be a lot of people out there. I don't know. Uh, It's just, it's on the schedule. There's going to be a lot of people out there. Who am I to push against the schedule? I understand. Right? I'm going to the strip um, Uh, tomorrow morning, early. Excellent. Oh, well, that's going to be crazy. What time is early? Six? No, eight. Hmm. (laughs) No, No, you're not going to do that. Uh, That's just a lot. Well, it's just one of those things I want to get get it done with. I know you love the strip. I do love the strip, and I want to get it done with, and I'm going to get a good place to park. All right. And maybe I'll snag a little breakfast treat. It's going to be mayhem. A breakfast treat from where? DeLuca's? Maybe. Uh-huh. That's what I was thinking. Maybe uh, a waffle. By yourself? Yeah. Uh, I'm not I mean, sure my husband's a... not coming down there at 8 o'clock right, with me right. on a Saturday. Yeah. Forget it. He's not going to do it. Lex is telling us it's his uh, Bobby Delante, but I'm not sure about that. Bobby Delante? Yeah, maybe so. Well, we'll find out. I mean, I can't believe you like that song. I do, I, yeah, it's a little... What? what? It's... Uh, it, could it be Look, the girl that I want? Yeah. Could it be the dream that I, I want? I do girl. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, coming up on the program today, we are going to talk about the Super Bowl. Tell me. Uh, in several different ways. In 510, um, what, what happened with sports betting? How did uh-huh. it get from banned and morally reprehensible to... Let's all do it. Everything. Everything. I don't, like, I'm so glad I have no I just, connection. Oh, my gosh. Holy anyway, smokes. Bob Smetan is going to be with us from RNS, Religion News Service, to talk about that. Also, we'll talk about Tracy Chapman's um, Fast Car. Mm. We uh, all, I mean, whoever, which, whichever ones of us watched the Grammys on Sunday night saw her and Luke Combs uh, do the song together. And it was, it was just a great Grammy moment. Mm-hmm. It really was. And believe me, there are a lot of horrible Grammy moments, but that was such a good one. Yep. Anyway, I'll tell you a little bit something interesting about that um, that's happened since that performance. Also, the weekend review coming up in the five o'clock hour. And then in the four o'clock hour, John, yeah. um, we have Craig Wolfley. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a former Steeler. He's the uh, voice of the of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I wonder if he's going to the Super Bowl. 
I bet you not. Well, we're going to find out. He's going to be with us in just Just a little. And then uh, at 425, this or that, Mm -hmm. the weekly feature. Of uh, the super things in our lives. Mm -hmm. All right. That's a heck of a lot going on here. But thanks for coming along for the Friday edition. Uh, You want to do some news? I think so. All right. Without further ado, then, here's the top four at four. For Friday, February 9th, Mm. 2024. 2-9. It's Super Bowl weekend, John. I like it. Mm-hmm. Number one, President Biden's age and leadership abilities are under fresh scrutiny after a special counsel report on his handling of classified materials said that he presented himself, quote, as an elderly man with a poor memory. And after he repeatedly confused the names of past and present European leaders at campaign events this week. Mm-hmm. He's 81 years old. He's been dogged, of course, by questions about his age for a long time. Uh, Polling now shows, though, that a majority of Americans have concerns about it. His aides are trying to show him as vigorous and up to the job. Um, In combative remarks at the White House last night about this issue, Biden said, my memory's fine. Take a look at what I've done since I've become president. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then uh, he came back and misidentified world Yeah, leaders. he did. He yeah. referred to Egyptian President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi as the president of Mexico. <laughs> Deja vu. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Uh, Anyway, the campaign has recently attempted to turn the age issue around on likely Republican opponent Donald Trump, who's 77, highlighting an episode in which he referred to Nikki Haley when he meant to say Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) Deja vu. (laughs) We are so... We are... Oh, this is it. We have no hope for the future. Um, Anyway, Democrats have also pointed to Trump repeatedly mixing up the names Biden and Obama. (laughs) Whatever. Let's just get on with it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Number two, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu made it clear that the war is likely to escalate. The Israeli leader said today that he'd ordered his forces to prepare a plan to evacuate the population of Rafah ahead of an expected Israeli invasion of the southern Gaza city. Mm. He made the announcement following international criticism, including from our president and his top aides of Israel's plan to invade the crowded city on Egypt's border. Netanyahu said he has to do it. It's a massive operation. He said he asked security officials to present a double plan that would include the evac of civilians and a military operation to collapse the remaining Hamas militant units. You can read more about that at CBS News. Number three. Get this, John. You ready? Yep. Tell me. An Oklahoma judge has agreed to step down today after she was caught sending hundreds of texts from the bench while overseeing a murder trial, including messages that mocked prosecutors and were sprinkled with emojis. District Judge Tracy Soderstrom also agreed not to seek judicial office again in Oklahoma. Well, that's a good Good sign. Uh, She had faced removal from the bench over accusations that included gross neglect of duty, Mm. oppression in office, lack of proper temperament, and failure to supervise her office. Security video showed her texting or messaging for minutes at a time during jury selection, opening statements, and testimony. In all, she sent more than 500 texts what? to her bailiff. To her bailiff? Uh-huh. <laughs> what goes on in that courtroom? 
Uh, the, the defendant was eventually convicted of second-degree manslaughter. Well, okay. I think on appeal. It's from ABC News. Mm-hmm. And number four, Cam Hayward's hard work on the field and dedication to improving our Pittsburgh community rewarded last night when he was named the NFL's Walter Payton Man of the Year. That is an incredible honor. Sure is. He was announced as the winner out of 32 finalists, one from each team, at the honor ceremony in Vegas last night. Uh, The award was presented, oddly, by Prince Harry. Very, very strange. (laughs) I saw that. Incredibly odd. What is going on there? Anyway, uh, Cam is 34. He's been the Steelers nominee six times in his career, Mm -hmm. and he becomes the fifth Steeler player to win the National Award. Isn't that cool? Including uh, Bettis, Lynn Swan, Joe Green, and Franco. Outstanding. And that's your top four. four. And T.J. Watt got stiffed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now that was absolutely crazy. If you look at any comparison of numbers between Miles Garrett and him, it has to be Watt. How is it Garrett? I don't know. How is it Miles Garrett? Because it's just an award show kind of like popularity Or it has to be... Like, uh, we have to honor... It's like one of those awards at the Academy, right. uh, at the Academy Awards, or the Emmys, where you it's your lifetime achievement. Could be. Because it's certainly not numbers. I can't believe it. How yeah. could he... He had one sack in the last seven games, right? Drove me so. absolutely... I mean, look, anyway. and Watt ended so strong. Oh, my gosh. He was a beast. It's just... Yeah, he carried the team on his back. How about that statue, ridiculous. the Walter Payton statue? Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. Really lovely. It's my favorite award. Is it? Of the whole... Oh, yeah. The NFL award, to me. That's I mean, cool. I know there's... I mean, obviously, everybody wants to know who the MVP is. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, it's Lamar Jackson. Um, but it's the best of the best, doing the best for the I community. I just love that. Mm-hmm. And... Cam, for sure, deserves it. Outstanding. So I was happy to see it. Okay, we're talking some football here today. We are. We're going to come back. Uh, Craig Wolfley will join us, former Steeler, now former uh, former Steeler, now broadcaster with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Stick around. The Friday edition of The Ride Home here on Word FM, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. Stick around. What do you got plans for the weekend? <laughs> sure do, John. Yeah, what are you doing? Well, I, of course, I have to get up early Saturday morning to get the food mm-hmm. for what I'm doing on Sunday. Right, because Sunday's the day, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Super Bowl Sunday is coming up, and of course, uh, we're going to hang out. We're going to watch uh, the great game. and well, I'm not going to hang in, uh, tune in too early, because the, the Steelers aren't playing. No, if it, if the Steelers are in the game, I watch everything. Yeah, from like the noon m- exactly. Forward. Right, but tomorrow I'm you know I'm turning it on at the bitter end. Exactly. Well, Craig Wolfley's back with us. He's a former offensive lineman, played ten seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers, along with Bill Hillgrove and Max Starks. He's an in-game commentator for the Pittsburgh Steeler Radio Network. Co-hosts their morning talk show in the locker room, which airs during training camp and on another network. Craig, welcome back, friend. Oh, hello. How are you guys doing? Well, we're fine. I mean, it's sad that the Steelers aren't in the game, I'll be Very, honest with you. Of course, yeah. Of course, yes. But other yes, other than that, right, looking forward to the game. And it's a lot less emotional when we're watching two teams that I don't care about. You know, the thing that's so interesting about the Super Bowl is, now, understand, I never played in one. Unfortunately, Trent uh, Jokin and myself arriving in Pittsburgh in 1980 signaled the demise of the Steelers <laughs> for the 80s. We led them into the decade of decline. We come right after the last of four in six years, and then boom, we're out. That's you know? rough. So anyhow, the thing is, the pressure that I, I broadcast three of these games, and it's it's just phenomenal, so the cool. pressure that these guys undergo. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So what's it like, Wolf, being in the broadcast booth? I mean, you know, there you are. You're the voice of the Steelers doing the Super Bowl. That That's very, very cool. 
Awesome. Now, I, for myself, now I was on the sidelines when the Steelers were in the Super right. Bowl. Tunch was in the booth with uh, you know with Billy Hillgrove, and you know it's really funny because the first Super Bowl, Super Bowl Forty in Detroit, uh, Myron had just retired. Mm. So Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Hilkin, and myself, we all called Myron from the radio booth before the game, about ninety minutes before kickoff. Cool. So when he got to me, he goes, "Hey, Wolfman," he says. Whatever you do, don't make any dumb mistakes. Oh, what's the use? You will anyhow. So that was my blessing from Myron before the game. I'd blow it, and, and I probably did, you know. Thanks, Myron, for the vote of confidence, huh? Uh, exactly. Uh, but that's the pressure. These guys, I remember Troy Aikman, the Cowboys quarterback. Yeah. He, I, one, one significant quote he made was that the pressure was so great when he was waiting in the uh, tunnel, ready to get introduced on the field. He was afraid the first thing that would happen is his knees would buckle and he'd fall down during a pregame introduction. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, that's pressure. I saw a photo today that the NFL put out. It's Brock Purdy, and he, he's got his jersey on. And he, you know, he looks like he's 11 years old. He's so geeked. I mean, it's really, really awesome. I mean, obviously, he is young. Um, he's Mr. Irrelevant, which is an incredible story. Um, yes. But but this is going to be more pressure than the average NFL player's ever seen, let alone him. There's no question. And the fact that he is Mr. Irrelevant, which, by the way, when I was drafted in 1980, Tyrone McGriff, an offensive lineman, was my, uh, for, for a little bit during training camp, we roomed together. He was Mr. Irrelevant, really? too. But he was also a very fine player. Excellent. And he was also able to, you know, have an NFL career. But regardless... Brock Purdy, um, yeah, there's a lot of things on him. There's a lot of people that want to mitigate his status and say he's a, a systems quarterback. This kid is playing lights out. He's just doing a great job of running the offense. Um, his he's, he's very comfortable in his own skin, which is, is great to see. He's not trying to do too much, nor does he do too little. He just mm-hmm. stays right in between the uh, – White lines there and does the job that is expected of him. It's, it's great to watch him play. Now, Craig, uh, Super Bowl notwithstanding, you still played in some big games for the Steelers. What about that pressure? I mean, once you get on the field, the ball is snapped, you're ready to go. Is it just muscle memory takes over? Or, or are, the, are the nerves always going to be with you, at least for the first couple set of downs? Oh, the nerves are always there until you get that first hit in. You know, then it mm-hmm. becomes rope. You know, that first hit, that's what it's all about, baby. You got to come off the ball. You got to, you know, you enter each each and every game. You got to be like, you got to have that in your heart. You're going to go out there and you're going to fight like the third monkey going up the ramp to Noah's Ark and it's starting to rain, baby. You know, I mean, that's what you got to do. You know, and that's what it's about having that desire, that overwhelming desire to, to win each and every play you're one 11th of each and every play you've got to win that one-on-one battle mm, that's cool that's very cool craig wolfley's with us former nfl offensive lineman for the pittsburgh steelers he is the color man for the pittsburgh steelers broadcasts so, so craig uh, you, you do traveling after traveling after traveling for the Steelers season so will you go to the super bowl no no i am comfortable no desire ensconced in my own no the steelers aren't playing I have no desire to go to the Super Bowl, to yeah. tell you the truth. Okay, is the spectacle overwhelming? Oh, it's just amazing. When we were in Detroit, Super Bowl Forty, um, I remember being on the sidelines, and at the kickoff, Ford Field lit up with a flash. I thought I was going to have a seizure from oh all the light bulbs you know, flashing at kickoff. It was amazing. It was just so huge. And to feel the, the guys standing with the guys along the sidelines, the pressure they were feeling, it was just ginormous you know and then you switch to super bowl 43 and you're down in tampa and it's the same thing and 
And then in Dallas, you know, with the Packers mm. and Super Bowl 45, yeah. it was just tremendous to be able to experience that. But the pressure was huge. And, you know, that's where you see so many guys that express their faith. You know, their faith in God, their faith in their walk with Jesus That's cool. and how important it is to them because that keeps them grounded. Mm. It's just terrific. Excellent. So, Greg, um, of course, being a, uh, making your lot living as a Steeler and then a broadcaster in the NFL, when the Super Bowl comes and you're going to stay at home, what's it like? I mean, you're watching the game. Are you hanging out uh, on the couch with your family? Do you go to parties? Uh, how's it work for your life? Well, for a number of years, I, I, you, know, you kind of get invited to some Super Bowl parties, so you start to do that after. But, you know, I find that um, I, I, I'm withdrawn at this point in time. I like to be alone. I like to sit there and watch the game. I don't have to put on my, um, you know, my uh, color man hat, you yeah. know, yep. and announce your thing, broadcast your hat. I just enjoy the game as it unfolds. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to think about how I'm going to express what what's going on in this play or I don't have family, I, you know, and I love my family, but they know this is the one time dad gets to sit by himself and nice. just kind of take it all in. Excellent. And, um, yeah. And with a good, with a large amount of chicken wings and pizza, I'm all set. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's it. So what are you going to do? I mean, do you have like a snack menu all set for the game? Oh yeah. It's, it's Buffalo wings. Of course. I'm going to start off with some Buffalo wings. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, about halftime, hit some more buffalo wings. I'm going to finish with buffalo wings. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm a buffalo kid. I was born and bred. Excellent. You know? uh, okay. My Craig. blood is blue cheese. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, Craig, I have, and blue cheese makes it. Seriously, people oh, who use God. ranch, mm, no, they're just, on. they're missing out. Yep. Sorry, they're wrong. Yeah. And Frank's hot sauce. Oh. Yeah, right, there you girl? go. You got to understand, Frank's hot sauce is the key to that buffalo sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Listen, and it's so f- full flavored, Frank's. It's just, we got to stop talking about food. Um, but I got to go down <laughs> memory lane for a minute because you mentioned Super Bowl 40 and for, 43. They were so epic. And I know it's been the long, uh, you know, seven years since the Steelers were even, you know, winning a playoff game. But the, you know, like Bettis going back to Detroit, That's what awesome, a story man. that was. His mom cooking food for the team. I mean, Ron Cook following him around and writing all those stories about what it was like to be in Detroit with Bettis. And all. I just I that was such a great week. No question about it. And I think what a, what a magnificent end to a storied career. Oh, yep. Sure you know, was. the bus goes to Detroit, hometown, wins a Super Bowl, and, and, and you come back and you end up in Canton. You know, I mean, it's just not not very many guys are afforded the luxury of a graceful exit from yeah. the NFL. And right. that certainly sure. was probably as graceful and wonderful as you could possibly imagine for a guy that's done so very much for a lot of other people. And he's just a a great stealer and a great uh, Hall of Fame performer. Mm-hmm. And you, you got a lot of respect for the bus. Hey, let's talk about what uh, happened last night with Cam Hayward and uh, uh-huh. the, the snub of T.J. Watt. Tam Hayward, uh, Cam Hayward, much deserving. Finally, the Walter Payton Award is in his hands. Think about it. I don't know if this is a sixth or seventh, but he wins on it. Um, I could not, could not pick a better example of a wonderful human being and and how far this young man has come as as a from a um, a brawling, uh, head first, fist in your face guy when he showed up in training camp. I think it was like thirteen, fourteen years ago, uh, to the terrific leader, Captain Cam, as he is. Um, what a, what a, the genesis of this leader that has emerged and, and done so much in the community is just amazing. I remember all the way back when he was a a rookie. By the end of the first week of training camp, Punch and I were watching the whole thing, right and 
he had fought every offensive lineman in camp at that point, right? Yeah. So I turned to Tunch. I says, we better stick close because he might start in on the <laughs> alumni now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got each other's back here, you know? And this guy has emerged as a tremendous leader, a guy who reaches out to his fellow man who does so much in the community. Uh, I got a lot of love and respect for Captain Cam. He's uh, pretty mm. – he is magnificent in so many ways. Yeah, so really deserving of the award. No question about it. He is really a prime example of what the NFL is all about in their reach out to the community. And, and Cam just does a great job of Fabulous. putting a lot of love out there on a lot of people besides sacking quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. And, Speaking of sacks, oh, help oh. us make sense of the T.J. Watts now. Come on. I mean, is, can you make sense of that at all? Can't. Cannot at all. It's like uh, somebody decided that, you know what, we're going to award this trophy to so-and-so, uh, and, and, and nothing's going to take us away from that. This guy, this young man, uh, T.J. Watt, is on another level. This guy is a hunter of quarterbacks on a level that makes you kind of shake your head. I've not seen the likes of him in all my years in the NFL, but this guy that can play so much as, yes, as an edge rusher, drop Mm. into coverage, who has a sense of the the big stage and comes along at the appropriate time. I mean, the Steelers, without him in the lineup, I think they're like 1-11 and without him in the lineup. And he... What an impact. That's an, every, that's yes, an incredible stat, isn't it? It is. It really is. You know, I often think about what would have happened had I had to play against him. I'm thinking to myself, well, I would have had to bring a whole lot of friends in. <laughs> you know, try to slow him down a little bit. You know, I mean, the guy is really that good. And you really have an appreciation for his level of mastery when you watch him perform because he's a thinking ball player, which sometimes doesn't always get in the same body. A lot of times you guys with great ability. Some guys have, you know, great football IQ. Mm. But rare do you see the pinnacle of both put together in a a consummate Mm. performer such as T.J. Watt. The guy's really a lot of fun to watch, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, Wolf, our time's almost up. But before I ask you to uh, make a pick for Sunday's game, I do want to mention uh, Ron Cook retiring this week after spending 40-plus years writing for the PG and the press and covering the Steelers. I mean, I I just – in listening to all the things that have been said about Ron and all the people who, you know, uh, were part of his, you know, farewell party here in Pittsburgh for the week, it just makes me think that the sports um, world has changed so much, especially in the last 10 years. What do you say? You've been a part of it the whole time. Oh, uh, yeah, there's no question the sports world is ever changing, ever evolving, you know, that sort of thing. Ron Cook is a terrific guy. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Ron. Ron reached out to me when I, my, I lost my brother, Tunch. He reached out to me when I lost my, my brother, Dale, Excellent. Uh, earlier this year. And it's just been, uh, you know, I've known him since I came to Pittsburgh. And he was always a fair guy. He was, you know, he wrote, he had a love for sports. And, he, and you could tell by the way he covered it. Um, but just an awesome, awesome guy. And I wish him all the best in retirement. He's going to be lazying his way around the Florida beaches, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You know, putting a lot of suntan lotion Sounds on or tough. something. Yeah, sounds like a tough life, but he is—he's a great man, and the, you know the 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 sport is going to continue to move ahead. You know, um, sports sports has a, a way of, of drawing people together. Yeah, it can create fractions and factions at times, and I'm sure everybody else, you know, is sitting out there wondering, you know, how many are are going to be as you know would want to know when's Taylor Swift going to arrive in Las Vegas? You yeah, know, for yeah. crying out loud. <laughs> but you know, get beyond that. The game itself is just so great so much fun and um 
it's just been a privilege for me to be able to participate in this great sport. Outstanding. All right, so make us a pick. Sunday night, it's the Chiefs and the 49ers. What do you say? Well, real easy. I want them both to lose. So. <laughs> you, can't, you can't root for injuries. It's, no. it's, it's anti-Christian. Yes. Oh, I'm not rooting for any injuries. I'm rooting for both teams to lose. Which, okay, uh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. I think it's going to be the Chiefs. I think Pat Mahomes. Um, right now, Brock Purdy, is, is, he's an excellent player. He's got a lot of compadres there that, you know, both offensively and defensively from McCaffrey and, and uh, Debo Samuels and everybody else. But the fact of the matter is Pat Mahomes is just – the guy has just got an ability to come up big in the biggest moments, and uh, it's really hard to think that somebody's going to be able to surpass him. If if anybody could, it could be the 49ers. This is an excellent team that they've got. We saw them at the very beginning of the season. They've evolved from then, and they've gotten and played at a high level. Matter of fact, Javon Hargrave, if you remember, mm, sure. is uh, playing for the 49ers, so he's going to be in the Super Bowl. I didn't a know former that. Steeler. That's yeah. Cool. So, yeah, it's very cool. Um, he taught me how to enjoy uh, shrimps and grit. Grits and, oh, my yeah. gosh, is that delicious? That would be a oh, great yeah. Super Bowl sure dish. We be. haven't talked about that. Yeah, that's an excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Shrimp and grits would be great. That mm-hmm. was a J-Bon Hargrave special. Very good. He also got me chicken uh, chicken waffles. Oh, oh that's fine. I, that. I never thought that would be any good. It's delicious. It's the best. <laughs> it's so awesome. <laughs> okay, so give us a score. Booty. <laughs> <laughs> give us a score, Wolf. Uh, I, you know what? I'm not good with scores. Okay. Yeah, I plunked math twice. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So I got a feeling it'll be somewhere in the 28, 21 category, but, but you're picking uh, I the chiefs. I, I, no, I, I think the chiefs are going to win. I'm not picking them. Right. I oh, right. That's a lose. different That's thing. That's my official, <laughs> right. official okay. line there. Both lose. <laughs> Praying for a power outage of some Excellent. sort. Right here. <laughs> hey, Wolf, love you as a former Steeler, your excellence in the broadcast booth, and as a lover of Jesus Christ, we count you as a friend. Thank you so much, as always. As always. So good to talk to you guys. Have a great afternoon. Make it a great day. Fabulous. You too. Craig Wolfley, he's in the broadcast booth of the Steelers uh, next year, of course. We're looking forward to it. And he's alone in a Super Bowl party. That's very nice. Take a quick break. Come back. The weekly feature, This or That, is next. It's Friday. It is time for this or that. Mm. It's very simple. I've got a list. Mm, I got a list. And we just go back and forth. All right, Kath. Uh, of course, uh, the aforementioned Super Bowl. Yeah. Certainly in our minds, yeah. maybe not on our listeners. But I've been thinking about things that are super. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. A super list. Mm-hmm. Superheroes. Supercomputers. Um, I believe I'll pick the superhero. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of the supercomputer yeah, about now. Because, you know, it's coming for us. Yeah. Supernovas, supermoons. Supernova is mm. very cool. Yeah. Supermodels. Superglue. <laughs> I mean, supermodels, like, all power to them. But superglue is, like, right there in your house and a very amazing thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm choosing it. Supersonic jets. Superfoods. Oh, superfoods. Oh. For sure. Your blueberries, your oatmeal. Uh-huh. Your Oh, yeah, I'm totally into it. Super fan. Superstars. Super fan. What? Yeah. I want to be a super fan. Oh, but wait. Wait, I have my Adidas superstars on. Oh, they're, 
Oh, those are beautiful. Those are my Very superstars. Nice. Okay, I'm changing my vote for Two. superstars. Superstars. All right. Supermarket. Superhighway. I don't like a supermarket. What? It's too big. I'll choose superhighway. <laughs> That's a big thing. I like big. a mom and pop thing. Supernatural. Supervisor. I mean, I love a supervisor, don't you? Uh, but what, what what was the first one? Supernatural. Oh, supernatural. Of course, mm-hmm. I'll choose that. Supercilious. <laughs> super cav. Califragilisticexpialidocious. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd choose Mary Poppins in the end. Yeah, like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Even though the sound of it. Something quite atrocious. Superhuman. Superstructure. I like a superstructure. Mm-hmm. Supermajority. Yeah. Super ball. Oh, super ball. Of course. We talked about it, it yesterday. It started it I, It started the super bowl Very for nice. crying okay, out loud. That's my I super that's list. That's good. That's good. All right. I'm doing something similar, All except right. it's the super bowl edition All right. of this or that. Are you ready for the question? Tell me. Big party or little party? Little party. Little party or stay at home and have your own party? Stay at home and have your own party. <laughs> Platter of nachos. We've already talked about that this week. Platter of wings. Oh, I want both. Oh, it's this or that. Wings. Okay. French onion dip. Yeah. We talked about several options. Mm-hmm. Or guacamole. Guac. I, I'm i very surprised, but I know you love guac. I do. But you have lived your life eating... Okay. I do. All right. I'm not. I'm going to stop challenging you. Barbecued Fritos. Yeah. Or lime Tostitos. Mm. Oh, lime Tostitos with guac. Yeah, that's excellent. You want to do that? <laughs> yeah. I'm so, you choose. You chose against your barbecued Fritos. I have. Coke on ice mm. or cranberry juice with ginger ale and a lime. Yeah, I'm doing the cranberry juice. It's so good. Excellent. It's so good. Very refreshing. Ben to San Antonio mm-hmm. or Bradshaw to Swan? Ben to San Antonio. Because that was... I mean, I remember being there. We were oh, all huddled around the television were. set. We were. Oh, we willed it to happen. Oh, my God. We did. It's fabulous. Lambert or Watt? What? <laughs> a what? Yeah. <laughs> Richard Mendenhall mm. or Willie Parker? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, Richard Mendenhall. Richard Mendenhall or Najee Harris? Oh, I'm doing Najee. Najee or Franco? Franco, okay. come on. I mean, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Or Peyton and Eli Manning. Oh. <laughs> well, Peyton and Eli. Yeah, because yeah. That's the best thing that's happened to NFL broadcasting I think so too. in about 50 years. And they're very funny. They're so funny. Uh, the Black Eyed Peas mm. <laughs> <laughs> voted yesterday the worst Super Bowl act Ever. of all time. Or uh, Rihanna. Oh. <laughs> Rihanna. I'm telling you, that was a good show. Okay. Okay, you 2 after 9-11 mm-hmm. or Prince playing Purple Rain in the Rain. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I love the Prince. Uh, to me, that's the best show. But U two after nine eleven was like America at its like recovery best. Uh, wasn't it incredible? You yeah, two. Gladys Knight singing the national anthem mm. or Whitney Houston singing the national anthem? Yeah, uh, it's got to be Whitney. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, I love Gladys. Me too. She's second. She's yeah. second. But I mean. And she was like 73 years old when she did it. But Whitney sent chills. Whitney, I, yeah. Uh, turn on the pregame at noon, John, mm-hmm. or turn your TV on precisely at 6.23 p.m.? Uh, yeah, 6.23. I'm fine with that. Okay. Super Bowl or the NBA Finals? Oh, Super Bowl. Super Bowl or the Stanley Cup? <sighs> Who's playing? This uh, or that, John? Uh, the Pens are playing. I'm doing Stanley Cup. 
Super Bowl or the World Series? World Series. What's more cringy? Prince, Prince Harry giving out the Defensive Player of the Year award last night? Or the president confusing Taylor Swift and Britney Spears? <laughs> the president. Super cringy. Uh, Falling off a cliff. What's make going a ridiculous prop bet about how many seconds Taylor Swift will be on your TV? Or just enjoy the dang game and the whole spectacle yes. for crying out loud? Sink into the couch and enjoy the game. The official NFL Defensive Player of the Year or... It's T.J. Watt. Who are we all kidding? It's T.J. Watt. Who are we kidding? So all of us are facing something, whether it's everyday stuff or it's the realities of just a really hard life season. I think if we're honest, sometimes we just feel disconnected from God. Lisa Turkhurst understands this struggle, and that's why she's created some special nights to provide a sacred space for women like us to just show up, soak in some truth, and be reminded that there is hope beyond what we're facing now. Now, I think this is going to be an incredible one-night event. It's going to be full of biblical wisdom and practical teaching and some powerful worship. So grab a friend and join us on March 15th at Amplify Church in Pittsburgh for the You're Going to Make It Tour. And the good news is today... We've got some tickets to give away. That's right. Tickets go on sale soon, but we've got a little advance giveaway for you. Two pair of tickets. Two pair? At 800-320-8255. That's 800-320-8255. Callers uh, 10 and 11. Very nice. Callers 10 and 11. Join us right now and uh, go out and have yourself a great night. You and uh, your girlfriend together hanging out. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, with that in mind, uh, we're a week away from the Valentine's dinner cruise as well. Right. It's a, it's a week from today. Yep. And uh, tickets, we're almost set to sell out, I believe. So if you want to go... But there still are some available. Yep. Uh, wordfm.com. We're going to be there as your host and hostess. And um, we're just going to you know hang out and have some good food and laugh. Yeah. Uh, so you can us. You can bring your Valentine. Mm-hmm. You can bring your mom. You can bring your kids. You can bring your friends, your neighbors, whatever. Um, and we'd love to see you. It's going to be a really fun night. Very nice. The Valentine's Dinner Cruise next Friday evening. WordFM.com is the place to check it out. I, I saw a piece in the uh, Wall Street Journal. Um, this apparently is a new-ish trend. Have you ever been into anybody's house and they've had a chapel? Like a like a room set aside? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, well, I was in Florida many years ago. Uh, he was a very devout guy, and uh, he did. He had, like, you know, an extra room specifically. It was like his worship space. Really? But in new home construction, people are building home chapels, a small place of worship. Um, <clears throat> and it's like they're saying, the Wall Street Journal, of course, sometimes big money, stained glass windows. An altar. Really? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Apparently, this trend has grown over the last 20 years. Natural light, tall ceilings, some marble, uh, oftentimes with recessed lighting and the ability to sort of, you know, just shut the world out. Extra, um, what, um, extra soundproofing. It's a quiet, simple space Mm. with a little touch of beauty. And, you know, people talking about their prayer closet. Well, this is well beyond that. But a, a home chapel, and I know people, This my friend, he would he would have services in there. Like his pastor would come in and they would do worship on a Sunday. This okay, is... so. Hmm. Well, you got a problem with this? I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. The first thing I think of is, am I a bad no. 
Christian no. for for like if I was going to do something to my house, I wouldn't do that. No, that's why would you think? You're, no. Okay. Different strokes, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. The second thing is, and this also might make me a bad person. I just think go to church. Go to church. I get that. But I also like the idea of having a space, a sacred no, space. No, I agree. Right? I agree. It doesn't have to be big or elaborate. I mean, you know, again, the aforementioned prayer closet. This is my place that I go to. Now, if you're a person of somewhat, you know, means, you can, you know, trick it out a little deeper, I guess, with, with stained glass, right? Or whatever it is you want to put in there. But it just, I think it's kind of cool, a, a new trend. The weird thing is, though, when you sell the house, then what? Right. Right? I mean, it, especially if you've made it specifically for that room. At, like, say you bought a, a brand new house. You're building a new house, and this is your prayer chapel, and you've got stained glass in there or an altar in there or whatever it is you're doing, right? You're going to knock out a lot of people out who are looking at the house. But I like the idea. I just feel like people miss out on the church body community with other people and the more that they set aside parts of their house for things that used to be communal spaces i feel like that's a step down the wrong path Mm -hmm. i mean you know in the summertime i'm outside in the yard i mean that's that's my sacred space right yeah right right i have a prayer space too but it's it's Used for a lot of other things. Right. But the cats always show up. (laughs) I I just like the idea of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very specific, intentional place. You know, what people say, oh, what's your happy place? Well, what's your sacred space? Okay. Let me ask. Let me tell you this. Have you heard talk about third spaces? No. Okay. So a third space is a way of kind of looking at where people gather. So they've got their home space. They've got their workspace, but a third space is, according to some architects, what really keeps people and communities happy. So you've been in Western Europe, sure. and you know, and it's not just Western Europe, but I know you've been there, the, what the squares are like. Oh, right, right. The squares are so the community huge. community gathering spots. They're enormous. Yeah. They're hundreds and hundreds of years old. Yeah. And that was my very favorite part Mm -hmm. of being in Europe was just walking through those spaces. And because people live in much smaller areas, right, it's much smaller spaces themselves as families, that third space is where they hang out. Mm -hmm. Whereas in America, our family room is where we hang out or whatever. And I just I feel like whatever we can do to get ourselves into the third space, I think we're all better off. Yeah, that's smart. To share that. No, you make good sense there. Right. But, uh, you know, as you said, you know, in America, we tend to be individualistic. And I know we have a lot of space and that's why that was, you know, we had tons of space and Europe has very little. Right. So I get, I see how it evolved, but I don't think it's particularly healthy. Mm -hmm. To be so isolated from everybody else. Right, right. Because we need each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, the pandemic taught us that as much as people were initially excited. Oh, we're going to stay at home by the end of the pandemic. I know. Get me the heck out of here. And it made us all a little crazy. More than a little. All of us. Yeah, it really did. Anyway, the idea of chapels or sacred spaces in your homes, apparently it's a new architectural Mm. trend, no matter what you think. Do you have a shoe repair guy? I do. Mm-hmm. You're cobbler. Now, here's the thing. I don't know his name anymore. What do you mean? Well, all the years I grew up, 
we had a cobbler and I knew his name. Yeah. Uh, Ross. But the guy I go to now, he I go to his shop, but someone else takes my shoes and I never see him. So I don't know who he is. It could be a woman. I'm not sure why I'm saying him. Someone in the back room. There's somebody in the back room who's who's fixing my shoes, but I have not seen them. Well, of course, they're a dying breed, right? People are yes. not buying quality shoes right. like they used to. So my guy, he went out of business 15 years ago. Then I switched to somebody else. He went out of business. Oh, really? The last time I used a cobbler, which was maybe during the pandemic, I was in Squirrel Hill, mm. where there's a father. On Murray Avenue. Yep, right across from Minio's. Right. And there's a father-son team mm. there. Which, to me, having, you know, if you've been around, you know, cobblers or shoe repair businesses, I always love them because they always smell crazy. They do. I love to walk in the door. Yeah. I mean, it's leather and glue yep. and nails yep. and all kind of stuff. Yep. And generally, it's chaos. I mean, yeah. shoes everywhere, brown paper bags, right. little green tickets, and then the sound of, you know, somebody working on something. Like, right. a, like a lot of these guys, you got to be a craftsman. Oh, my, I I think that's an incredible skill. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, but it is a dying skill because, of course, people just don't do spend the money that they used to. Well, here's a guy. I saw this on um, MSN. A shoe cobbler, a guy by the name of Jim McFarland, he has spent his career, like all cobblers do, with his eyes trained downward on his work. But he started a TikTok and Instagram feed where he has now more than a million followers on TikTok and thousands on Instagram. He posts videos of his work as a cobbler, from replacing thin soles to fixing zippers, reviving rubber heels to adding customized touches to time-worn pieces. And so now he's a star in his own little tiny, and it's a typical, like we just said, typical cluttered, dirty cobbler shop. There he is. Really? So this is a YouTube. What's his? How how would I find him on YouTube? Let me see. Uh, you can go to D T D uh, Jim the Cobbler. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, if you would have told me three years ago that shoe repairs would have a stage, I'd have laughed. He said from the shop McFarland Shoe Repair, while he was shining a pair of leather dress shoes from the 1980s. I can't believe all these people enjoy it. In one video, which has been viewed 60 million times. Oh, my gosh. McFarland revives and personalizes a pair of limited edition boots, painting the soles a deep indigo shade. The video shows every step of the painstaking process. Fascinating, one follower says. I could watch a cobbler all day long. Gave me goosebumps. He said it takes this. I'm surprised by this. Three to five years to learn the trade. I think it would be a lot longer. Yeah, I would think too. But But I bet... To get good, 10, it would take. Yeah, exactly. Right. Said so he learned it from his father, who learned it from his father. This is my family history. Unfortunately, my kids are not interested. Oh in no! Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, greetings. Good afternoon to you. Thank you for coming along for the Friday 
It is the 9th of February edition. Super Bowl edition. Yes, we've been talking Super Bowl, have we not? Mm-hmm. We have. Snacks, and uh, Craig Wolfley joined us in the uh, 4 o'clock hour, and we're going to talk about betting in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked food, right? Yeah, Snacks, and also and I'm going to be uh, bringing up a Forbes article I saw a couple of days ago, why Super Bowl party foods will be different mm-hmm. in 2024. Really? Some spam on the menu? Uh-huh. Like... Maybe. Mm. I think it's disgusting. How about pigs in the blanket? Um... It was a big thing when I was little. Now in the in the crock pot. Now wait, now two, the Pittsburgh or Western PA has a different version. Yes. Right. Is it the hot dog with the dough or the oh, traditional cabbage? No, the cabbage with the ground meat and onion inside. I like those. I like them too, with tomato sauce or without. With. Okay. Mm-hmm. You. My mom always made it without. Uh-huh. Um, but I kind of like it both ways. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I've never made it myself. Never. It's not difficult, right? I can't imagine it yeah, would be yeah, difficult. Yeah. It's peasant food, right? right? How about the how about the hot dog with the dough? Well, I mean, that's delicious. We had that growing up. Yeah. I haven't had that probably in 50 years. I bet that has absolutely no nutrients. It's actually, maybe it's negative nutrients. With a little you bit. actually lose nutrients eating it. <laughs> with a dab of mustard. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Well, how can they both be the same thing? That doesn't make any sense. No, doesn't, doesn't make sense. No. Right. And wait a minute. Why is it pigs in a blanket if it's ground meat? I don't know. Maybe, in, it, was, maybe it was pork originally. Maybe it, yeah, it probably mm-hmm. was. All right. Hey, um, do you know that uh, Pennsylvania, according to Wallet Hub, is among the most sinful states, a new report says. <laughs> I can't wait to hear how this is assessed. Wallet Hub released its most sinful states in America for 2024. Pennsylvania came in at number nine. Ohio was number 23. West Virginia was 28. What? I think West Virginia had to be I, up grief. there. Yep. I guess uh, setting a sofa on fire is not a sin. <laughs> Nevada, as you might imagine, the most sinful state. Yeah. Followed by Louisiana, California, Florida, and Tennessee. Wyoming, the least sinful state. <laughs> right, because nobody's there. Mm-hmm. Followed by New Hampshire, Idaho, Maine, and Vermont. Now, to compile its ratings, Wallet Hub, Wallet Hub compared states across 55 key indicators of immoral or illicit behavior. The uh, data set ranges from violent crime per capita to excessive drinking to the share of the population with, ga- <laughs> with gambling disorders. <laughs> Boy, that'd be a happy study to do, wouldn't it? It also used seven key dimensions to compare the state's anger, hatred, jealousy, excesses like vice, greed, lust, vanity, and laziness. <laughs> Pennsylvania. What about gluttony? It wasn't mentioned, no, I don't wasn't think. It. Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania ranks number five, this is weird, in the vanity category. Well, that's misplaced. <laughs> <Were> you, <laughs> with Wallet Hub saying the Keystone State has the third most beauty salons per capita. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Last month, Wallet Hub released its ranking of the best and worst states to raise a family for 2024. Pennsylvania was ranked 21. Ohio and West Virginia came in at 30 and 48 overall, respectively. That is really, Isn't that funny? really funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The categories are: I mean, anger and hatred, jealousy, <laughs> excessive greed, vanity. I like excessive greed. Like some greed's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but when it gets out of control, that's where we have to draw the line. I appreciate it. You know, these little weird, like, web niche groups like Wallet Hub. Yeah. Wallet Hub has a lot of fun stuff. They on do. It. Yeah. 
And you got to be like, you know, one part, you know, cultural uh, incubator, one part sort of economic guy. I mean, they're always kind of twisting things around there and they come up with this stuff. Okay. So speaking of twisting things around, this article I saw in Forbes magazine talking about what people are buying for their Super Bowl parties. The National Retail Federation uh, is predicting that Americans are going to spend $17 billion. What? On food, drinks, apparel, party decorations, and other categories related to the Super Bowl. But here's what's interesting. That's a billion dollars more than last year. Get out. As inflation. A billion dollars more than last year. Super Bowl inflation. Yes, of course. Right. So according to analytics, um, 43% of purchases are heavily influenced by the deals they see when they walk into the supermarket. Sure. So the stuff you see at the beginning is going to influence what you buy. Yeah. Right. Um, But Super Bowl spending is going to be more because of food inflation, but it's not going to stop people from buying. Um, In January, fresh and frozen chicken wings are averaging $3.26 per pound, making it a great option. With Remember the chicken wing uh, shortage? Oh, yeah, sure. Maybe two years ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, during Pandemic COVID, as well. Ex- exactly. Um, so they're thinking that because it's available, because it's not too much, that maybe by the time the the uh, game actually happens, the chicken wings will be the top thing that people are serving at parties. We're going to have this. Are you? Oh, heck yeah, we are. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That's good. Um, what else? Uh, beef this year will cost more due to record low cattle herds. Hmm. Um, so uh, sirloin steak is going to be up. Ground beef is going to be up. But fresh shrimp is going to be down six and a half percent. So maybe if you got some, you did like a shrimp mm. dip mm. or you did like uh, or maybe you put shrimp on a skewer and yeah. broiled it. Or maybe you still have your grill outside. It's going to be 60 degrees today for Lovely. crying aloud. Yep. Um, anyway, most of the. One of the most expensive Super Bowl favorites is soft drinks as a category because prices are up almost 60%. What? For a Coke? Really? What is that? The price of sugar? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It, it's says, it I mean... says since the beginning of COVID, it doesn't say. It said your best bet is to make your own soft drinks like lemonade or offer uh, water from a Brita or some yeah, other. Now, that would be a sad Super Bowl party. <laughs> hey, would you like some water from Oh, no, no, please. No, like, no. Who wants that? No, no, thanks. Nobody, right. nobody wants so that. People say, I'll have a Bud Light. Uh, people like going crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so Bud Light's making a resurgence the Super Bowl. Yes, they are. <laughs> right. Apparently, people are excited to see what the ads are going to be. Us, yeah. Anyway, uh, the last thing that Forbes says is that this year uh, they're seeing even more factors at play that are going to change party planning. It's going to force people to come to become more creative than just a bunch of guys sitting around scarfing down chips and dip. So instead of table long spreads of meats, cheeses and snacks, there is a notable shift toward more affordable yet equally satisfying alternatives like gourmet style sliders that are using less expensive cuts, maybe some inventive vegetarian dishes Mm -hmm. like the dips we talked about yesterday. What do you think about that? I'm all for it. I like all that. They're also saying that these are big foods this year for the Super Bowl party. Are you ready? Yeah. Plain yogurt. (laughs) <laughs> yep. No, no, as With in, some water. Wait, as ingredients. Oh, okay. As ingredients. Uh, iron-rich f- fruits like nuts and seeds. Okay. Dried fruit, beans, lentils, and chickpeas, dark leafy greens, and soy-based foods like tofu and don't forget the fruit. Oh, come on. People are buying those this year. <laughs> don't get, scoff. Get it's what's here. happening. That'd be a sad party. That's what's happening. Here's some water from my Brita okay. and uh, have some tofu <laughs> and yogurt. That is. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go home.
I'm leaving now. 73% of the people are serving chips and dip. Mm-hmm. 52% serving pizza. 45% are serving alcohol. 37 chips. are serving fruits and vegetables. And 37 are serving pre-made appetizers. Mm-hmm. And 1% serving tofu. <laughs> I've been an NFL fan my whole life. Not particularly it was the Steelers, but sure. when I was growing up, I mean, my my mom in particular, well, she could make anything into a party. She was just a, an extremely fun, uh, gregarious person. But every seven days we had one. We had a party uh, when there was a Steeler game. And we would listen to sports talk radio. We would read all of the sports columns in the paper. I mean, we had terrible towels all over our house and never a single time. Did sports betting ever come into our conversation? It was ne- now I knew sports betting went on, but it was never something that was talked about. And then when I got really into listening to sports talk radio in high school, Myron Cope or Bruce Kyden or whoever locally was talking about sports, there was never no. any conversation about sports betting. But there's been a change, right? Now. I mean, before it used to be your local neighborhood bookie and people knew who that guy was. It was, you know, kind of backdoor betting. People made a living at it, of course, right? But now it is as mainstream. I mean, Hollywood celebrities on oh you know gosh. major network right. television or on the web, they're endorsing this. It's a multi, multi-billion dollar I business. I can't imagine it. Anyway, I wonder what it's done, I guess, first question, to our enjoyment of the sport. But I also wonder how this happened and how faith leaders kind of... I mean, I'm sure they must have been holding the line across the nation for a long time. And then finally, I don't know if the dam broke or whatever it is, but we're going to talk to Bob Smetana about this. He's from Religion News Service. Bob, we're glad you're here. Oh, glad to be here. Okay, so what do you think? How how did it happen as far as the the shift from what I was talking about to what we see now? So so there was a, there was a law um, passed in 1992, and actually for, for a number of years, Sports betting had been limited, limited to Nevada. And then there was a federal law which limited it to Nevada. But in 2018, the law was um, deemed unconstitutional. So that law was struck down, which opened up the door for sports betting everywhere. And um, kind of a way to think about this is it took 60 years for the lottery to, to spread from New Hampshire, where it started, to 40 different states. And it took about six years for legalized sports gambling to spread from one state to 60 to 40 states. Wow. So it became, it came, uh, and it, right now it's a, they're estimating it's a hundred billion dollar industry. Holy smokes. And, and a billion dollars, uh, $1.3 billion will be that legally on the Super Bowl this weekend. Holy smokes. Okay. Now across the country, as you said, hundred billion plus, but there are holdouts, right? A couple of states still are saying we're not going to do sports betting. Who are those? And who has driven this, uh, this, uh, sort of verboten attitude towards sports betting, Bob? So there's about, there's about 10 states, uh, that, that number is going down a couple more states are considering it, but the three big ones, three of the big ones are Alabama, Texas, and California, which is really interesting. The yeah. Texas and California are the two biggest markets, and both are holdouts. And a lot of places it has to do with faith leaders who just don't want, who are worried about um, what gambling can bring with it, especially uh, about 1% of the estimate is about 1% of people have a serious gambling problem or a very serious gambling problem. About 3% of people are 
susceptible to it. So that's a lot of harm that can be done by, you know, addiction and people losing their homes and losing their money. Uh, one example, which is really interesting. So the, the NFL leagues are um, in business with the sports book, but there's a there was a, an employee of the Jacksonville Jaguars who stole twenty million dollars and bet it. What? On FanDuel, uh, he ran their credit card company. He their expenses, and he 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 ran a fraud scheme. But now the NFL is trying to get their money back because twenty million dollars is gone. Good luck with that, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, I remember this many years ago. I was a bartender, and I would sometimes work on Sunday afternoons, and my partner. He was a big sports better, and essentially he was useless during Sunday afternoons because he had bet the house, and so he rode that mm-hmm. wave, good, bad, cataclysmic, or yeah. great joy. And, you know, the emotions were off the charts with this guy, but he had totally checked out. This guy was like the first true gambling addict I knew, and it, it was mm-hmm. a bad story. Like a lot of guys, he essentially lost everything in the end. So to ring that bell, I mean, it, it's kind of weird. In the ads, you know, of course, everyone's heard this. They do these ads with Jamie Fox or whatnot, and at the very end, in a hyper, you know, quick sort of throwaway, problem betting, da 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 da. But they have to do this by law, just as a, a means to sort of bow to the authorities. Yeah, Bob. Yes, yes. And so, um, what the the concern is that what it does is it, it kind of combines two things that people love to do: they love to support their team, they love to bet, and it uses a uh, it takes an addictive activity, gambling, and pairs it with a addictive device, your cell phone. Right. So you used to be able to go to the casino uh, or you have to go somewhere, even when it first was legalized. Well, now that it's legalized on your phone, it's there's no um, there's no filter from when you think, oh, I'd like to bet. You can bet on, and you can't just bet on the, you can bet on the game, but where, where you can bet, um, where it can become repetitive is you can bet on every play in the game, whether it be a pass or a run. Who will catch the next ball? Will it be a three-pointer, two-pointer? And the the announcers sometimes are involved in this. So it's really become a, a easy access, and um, and and you practice in a way that can become pretty addictive. Like everything else on your phone, right? Yes, like everything else on your phone, right? So except this time, when you press that, most time when you press your button on your phone, you get a dopamine hit, but it doesn't cost you any money. Yeah. Now when you do it, you could you get dopamine hit. And it can cost you money. So there are a few states, Alabama and Texas in particular, where the Southern Baptists are holding out. And then California um, also has not had gambling. Right. Um, so, but it's, it's hard to resist. It's hard to resist because people, people like to bet and people have been doing it. And for government, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Easy right. money. Fills up the coffers. Right? You collect a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there, um, uh, and the sports leagues have, you know, who opposed it. So in 2012, Roger Goodell, who's the NFL um, commissioner, opposed, they opposed the legalizing uh, gambling. So he gave a, a deposition where he talked about how it was going to ruin the game. It was going to ruin everything. And now the NFL is, in, you know, in business with the gambling uh, companies. Truly really fascinating. It really is. We're talking about your article in Religion News Service, Why Faith Leaders Lost the Battle Against Online Sports Betting. I mean, of course, this has infected, you know, the NFL players have been involved. As you said, you know, front office personnel have been involved as well. And, and so once, you know, the, you know we're out, the Pandora's out of the box, 
what does this lead to? I mean, h- how much can you go until it's too much? And of course, once it's out, we're never going to go back to this, but it's changed the nature of it. I, like what Cass said in the introduction, in some ways it's tainted the enjoyment. Mm-hmm. For those fans who are not betting, uh, you, you know, it's just, it's just a game. It seems like too much. Yeah. And one, one of the things that's going on now is because because they're still building the market, you see a lot of advertising. Yeah. Because, you know, so I, I, I had to explain to you this way um, by uh, someone who follows this um, kind of advertising this. You know, it used to be cars and alcohol. Well, everyone has their cars, right? And, been, and so this is a new market you have to build. You have to build a market for legalized sports betting. So there's a lot of it going on, a lot of advertising for it to grow this market. Yeah. More than anything, yeah. I, 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 this is just a fatherly thing. I worry about my sons. I mean, you know, they're still young guys. Uh, they, of course, they've got phones. Now they're both working. They've got money. One of my kids loves sports. I know he's fallen into a hole, and he's bet. Uh, you know, he's bet something. I think he's a little leery to come clean with me. But I think if you know, for anybody, especially a young kid, you know, all of a sudden, you know, fourteen years old, sixteen years old, eighteen, the door is wide open. There's ways to circumvent around this, and you're going to spend money that you don't have i mean young kids can be quickly in debt yeah yes so that's one of the concerns of 60 minutes just a, a special on this on sunday night but yeah i think that what some of the faith leaders now are saying in states that don't have this are, is is to say this happened so fast there's not been time to study how difficult you know what this might mean and so now they're worried they worried also about the the uh, there's a lot of worry about the what could happen to the game? So in Alabama, the coach of the Alabama uh, college, University of Alabama um, baseball team got uh, suspended and banned for trading on inf- insider information in a game. Their pitcher was hurt, so he told someone, hey, our pitcher's hurt, so you can bet against, you know, basically bet against our team. Wow. And the guy was trying to pay, uh, place a $100,000 bet. It didn't go through, but that led to an uh, investigation. So there's a lot of worry that that eventually – um, players or coaches, um, because there's so much money, are going to get caught up in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I worry about the coziness of the NFL in particular with gambling. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just the NFL, because look at, you know, the whole Pete Rose scandal, right? We all know that. And But, you know, yeah. for, for decades, there was never a professional sports team in Vegas for that reason, mm-hmm. right. because they wanted to separate. It. Right. They wanted to separate and they wanted to maintain an appearance of being above board. Well, now Forget we've it. got everything in Vegas. We've got the NFL. We've got the hockey. The Super Bowl. We've got the Super Bowl. So they've just... Uh, completely abandon that and i just i have to imagine that there that we're on the verge of there being a large betting scandal that's going to afflict one of these one of these big leagues yeah that's part of the concern and the concern i think is just uh it's, it's difficult for um faith leaders to talk about this for a number of reasons one i think most people think and for most people it is a pretty harmless activity right yeah, so right, right. uh it's, a, it's harmless until it's not and then the the state gets a lot of money for it, and then the state often uses it for scholarships or other kinds of um, positive. The revenue goes to some kind of positive thing. So you have, and then people like to do it. So the, it's really hard for folks, for uh, say pastors or other religious leaders, to say, "Wait a minute," because they, they're up against they're up against this um, what seems like a pretty positive thing with all these benefits. 
and the, the gambling industry has a uh, positive story to tell. And then the behavior is so is so simple uh, that you really, like you said, it's, it's like uh, Pandora's box has been open. Yep. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Okay, Bob, uh, you're talking to people in Steeler country. Who's your team? I'm a Patriots fan. No, that is tough to fan. take, Bob. No, well, I mean, I good, no, good times, bad times, Bob. Right? Like you know, you're kind of like the Steelers. Oh, hey. You're, you're where, yes, where where we, we had, are right now. Yes, I know. We had bad times. We were so bad. We, you know, the funny part is, I was I lived in Chicago in 1986. I was in college when they played the Bears and they got killed. Mm-hmm. And I had run my, I maybe had run my mouth a little bit about how the Patriots were going to win, <laughs> and to think that the the Patriots would have won all these Super Bowls. Yeah. And the Bears wouldn't have any. It was crazy. But I, the Steelers were fun to watch back in the day. Then. Back in the day, my, of course. My daughter, my daughter goes to North Texas uh, University, which is where Mean Joe Green went. Definitely. So there we go. Oh, there. Okay. Sports so is an equal you opportunity. Of, you, you sneaked that in at the end, yeah. and that made it okay. Appreciate it, Bob. I appreciate okay. it. All right. All right, Bob. That's Bob Smith. Always a pleasure. Uh, Bob is from Religion News Service, award-winning writer and editor. You can check out all his stuff. He's written all over the place. USA Today, Washington Post. Bob Smithan. Thank you, Bob. Take care. That's Tracy Chapman. She performed uh, that hit. That was from 1988. And for the first time in decades, she did it live at the Grammys on Sunday night. Luke Combs has turned that into a hit again. And so they, yeah, they did it together. And, uh, but the surprise performance, I mean, no one had any idea that Tracy Chapman was going to be there. So it was very, very cool. And I love how it was filmed where you just saw somebody's hands on a guitar and then it slowed. Yeah, it was just really terrific. Anyway, the performance had a huge impact. Sales of the version you just heard, which is the original version, spiked 38,000% after Sunday night. <laughs> That's so cool. That's according to Billboard. Good. I mean, can you believe it? Excellent. Her song made it back into the mainstream 35 uh, when Luke Holmes included his version on the 2023 album Getting Old. I'm reading here from CBS News. Um, he got a uh, CMA award. For his version. Was it Song of the Year? It was. Uh, I don't know about that. I do not know about that. But remember, it was big because that was the first time that a black songwriter had right. won. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was Song of the Year because that was what made it such a big deal. Sure. Right. Um, anyway, so it was streamed 949,000 times in the U.S. Streamed on February 5th. That was the day after the Grammys, that's just cool. that one day, 940. That's a 241% increase in one week. Hmm. Yeah. So 38,000% increase in sales is really something. That's super cool. I mean, and, you know, in reading about Tracy Chapman this week, she's one of those rare people 
who is a you know a pop star, but she hides from the public. Yeah, she doesn't like that kind of publicity. She lives in San Francisco. I, I read an article about her. They said, you know, you see her around town, but she, you know, just kind of low-key. She's not some big, you know, brouhaha and just goes about her life. Mm-hmm. The wild thing is, I mean, as, as popular as she once was and now apparently very shy about this, she hasn't performed in a long, mm-hmm. long time. So maybe this and the... The joy that she took from that moment will push her back out on a tour. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be cool? I loved the respect they both showed for each other mm-hmm. when they were on stage together. I mean, it was really – Luke Combs was so deferential because, of course, it's her song yeah. that he grew up singing. And it wasn't even – a you know, he talked before he performed – before they both performed saying – I just liked this song. I wasn't even planning on putting it on my album. I just at the last minute said, what if we did a version of Fast Car? Changes life forever. It really did. That's cool. I got a plan to get us out of here. Been working at the convenience store. Managed to save just a little bit of money. Won't have to drive too far. Just across the border and into the city. You and I can both get jobs. Finally see what it means to be living. It's been another week. That means it's time for John and Kathy's Week in Review. What was everyone talking about this week? People were talking about a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. And that's the president. Whew, holy smokes. That wasn't good. No, that is that not is good. That is not good. That's the characterization of President Biden after the Independent Council looked into what he was doing with the classified documents. I think people were also talking about things being really tough in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Ukraine suffering a lot of losses. Um, the interview with Tucker Carlson that Putin did. Yikes. Or the interview with Putin that Tucker Carlson did, depending on how you want to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, it's Super Bowl weekend. Yep. You can't make this stuff up. Yeah. And I think in Pittsburgh, people are talking about uh, Ron Cook's retirement, mm-hmm. longest, uh, probably, the lo- probably the longest running sports writer that Pittsburgh, do you think, that Pittsburgh's seen? Mm-hmm. Almost 50 years. Maybe so. What was a conversation that made you think? Boy, we ran the gamut this week. We talked to a lot of different people about some really fascinating things. Uh, the thing I've been thinking about a lot, a couple things, is um, fasting mm. with Jason Sharon. Mm-hmm. Um, He's the pastor of uh, Holy Trinity Orthodox, or no, Ukrainian Catholic Church yeah. in Carnegie. I mean, here it is next week. It's hard to believe that next week begins the Lenten season. And, you know, to, for him to describe himself and that fasting process, how he's going to start it on Monday with nothing for the next several days, a glass, you know, water he'll drink, and how he gets cranky. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole thing is just really interesting to me. In a society of ours where, you know, we are quick to say yes and we rarely deny ourselves. This is the time, if you're interested in that, to draw closer to God. The idea of fasting is a beautiful and powerful statement. Mm-hmm. I uh, was thinking about conversations that made me think, and Alan Noble came to mind. He was on the show Monday at 440, talking about his book on getting out of bed. And uh, it was my favorite book of the year of 2023. And I think the thing that stuck with me is... Uh, we read a couple passages from the book mm. and asked him what he thought. Yeah. And he said, I forgot I wrote that. Oh, I needed to hear I that. I needed to hear that today. Yeah. Uh, it's a really, uh, it's, I, so uh, 
I like the frank exchanges we have with Alan, and the book is very frank. Mm-hmm. And, and it's small, and pages. small, and and I just thought it was really helpful, and it really made me think. So whether it's uh, this Alan Noble interview or it's the one John was talking about with uh, Father Jason Sharon, you can just check out our podcast wherever you get yours. Mm-hmm. What are you reading? I've been thinking a lot about well, what I'm what I'm reading is a book called Heaven, Hell, and Purgatory, hmm. A Protestant View of the Cosmic Drama. Really? Mm-hmm. Who's that by? You know, I'm sorry. I, I should know that, but okay. I don't have the, the author's name in front of me. But uh, over the last few months, people that I know have passed, in particular two people that I question whether it, they're saved and they know the Lord, and so I've been wondering about them and where are they? Mm. And what 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 does that mean? And of course, there is very you know, if there's a very serious and sort of black and white Catholic doctrine about that, but Protestant doctrine in many ways, uh, it's all over the map depending upon your your perspective of wh- where you are. So, I'm curious about this. I've been reading mm. Heaven, Hell, and Purgatory. Wow. Mm. Well, I'm still in uh, the story of Paris, the novel uh, by Edward Rutherford. So mm-hmm. I'm good place to be. I am. I mean, it's, I'm going through it very slowly because it's a hard read for me. I may be halfway through. What did you eat? Pierogies. <laughs> Went to Cass House Saturday night. Mm. We had ourselves some fabulous, and I mean fabulous pierogies. Four different varieties. Yep. Along with this white bean chili. Mm. Man, was that good. And. Your homemade cookies. I've been eating your food all week long. Fine. You know that. Fine. You fed me the Happy. you fed my family the entire Happy week. Happy to do it. But that Happy was to do it. pierogies, mm. the sour cream, Wasn't the, the applesauce, the onions, oh. all that. Mm, mm, it's mm, so mm, good. Mm. You'd never think that starch stuffed with starch could taste oh, that good. Home run. Really did. Um I have been eating tuna melts like it's my whole job. And you're taking pictures and sending them to me. What is happening? So it was not more than, what, 10 days ago, yeah. I was saying that that doesn't, eat, I don't even, that doesn't even sound good to me. So it was 15 years since you might. Exactly. Made... I am so all about it. Yeah. I mean, I found a recipe for tuna salad that is so epic. And it, with the I, little bit, little rye breads mm. and sharp cheddar on. I, Delish. I could eat it right now. Excellent. What did you watch? I watch a lot of things, of course. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> but I'm watching, I watched this movie this past week, which is really fascinating. Uh, El Conde. It's on, streaming on Netflix. And it's, uh, it's actually up for an Oscar uh, for, for the uh, country of Chile. And it's the imagined story mm. of Augustus Pinochet, who was this dictator in Chile for many, many years. And imagining him... Uh, as a 250-year-old vampire, along with his wife and children. And when I say it's a black comedy, please believe that. <laughs> but it is really, really interesting. It's kind of fu- I mean, it's kind of, it is funny. And also dark at the same time. El Conde on Netflix. Wow. What I was watching could not be more different than that. <laughs> I finally got into the third season of All Creatures Great and Small. Oh, lovely. On PBS. And... I, so beautiful. Isn't it the the happiest show uh, you've ever seen in yeah. your whole life? Not to be missed. It's so charming. Mm-hmm. The cinematography uh, is beautiful. The landscape. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It's so... Yeah. It's the sweetest thing I ever saw. All creatures great and small. Lovely. What was the best news you heard this week? 
Yeah, this is excellent news. A friend of mine has been suffering through valiantly a cancer diagnosis for more than 18 months. But um, this past week, they rang the bell. And, um, oh, that's so awesome. Free. So, you know, I think most of us have connections to this, right? Whether it's us or people we know or, you know, all those different circles. And when they get that opportunity after repeated chemo and all those different treatments people go through, how soul crushing, physically crushing that can do. And they come out the other end, the miracle of modern mm-hmm. science. God bless them. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's really good news. Yeah. Well, the best news I heard this week is the weather has been so incredible mm. that I've been out walking. Yeah. And I've Yay. seen a lot of my neighbors and a lot of their dogs. Excellent. And it's been super terrific. And it's so great sure to is. be back outside. Lovely. What have you been listening to? Oh, this. This is Stevie Ray Vaughan. It's called Texas Flood. I remember when you ever, sometimes you hear something. I, I remember where I was when I was a guy, a single guy, in an apartment in New York City, and someone put this on their turntable, and I was like, "What is this?" Stevie Ray Vaughan, like, oh. gone way too soon. Oh my gosh! But man, the blues were in that guy. Oh, mm. there's just there was nobody better yeah. than SRV. Love Nobody him. better. I love that song. Me too. Here oh, he is. Wait, let's listen to it for a minute. All of the telephone lines are down. Well, it's flooding down in Texas. All of the telephone lines are down. And what a great singer. Yep. And he makes that thing sing. Oh, it's gorgeous. It talks it's to you. It's so gorgeous. I was reading about him. He, he got his first guitar at seven. And by nine, he was, he was like just off to the races. jumping on it. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, we're both thinking guitar. Hey, are you? Yeah. Okay, so, good. Right. Uh, yeah. It's rare that we intersect. Exactly. Right? Okay, so check this out. All right, good. So the line is, and I need you more than want you, and I want you for all time. 
<laughs> I love that line I so love much. I love that line too. <laughs> Who is that? Oh, that's Johnny A. He was in Pittsburgh this week. My husband and I went to see him on Wednesday at the uh, City Winery, and he didn't do this song, Whoa. which was soul crushing. Yeah. But man, it's nice to listen Johnny to Johnny A. Well, it is the weekend, right? Yeehaw. Mm. So, are you out and about this weekend, or are you going to sort of nest at home? Well, I feel like I need to do prep for Sunday night, Mm -hmm. so I will be out and about. In the strip on Saturday? Yeah, Saturday morning early. Okay, good. All right, well, listen, out and about, even for people who don't like football, this is a good weekend to go out and about. Sure. Um, uh, Might I say this, uh, support your local independent cinema. Um, the Harris Theater downtown mm-hmm. as part of the Pittsburgh Cultural Trust or um, the Lawrenceville Row House Theaters. They're, they go out of their way to do the unique things. They're not the big blockbuster places like AMC and whatnot, but there's always interesting things there. So I suggest a movie out is always fun. Also, uh, this weekend, Sweetwater Center for the Arts in Sewickley, they're doing something called Folk February. It's a, a series that features locally based folk and Americana art artist in intimate performances Mm. series kicks off this evening with acoustic quintet the trumpeteers followed by sets from buffalo rose uh next weekend and byron nash on the 23rd uh that's really a nice place to see an event sweetwater center for the arts in sewickley also uh you've seen them on tv or maybe you haven't monster jam if you got kids especially young boys We used to go to see Monster Jam. They are down at the PPG Paint this weekend. Four shows are scheduled for the weekend. Remember to bring your plugs because, man, it is loud. Oh, my God. But it is so much fun. I mean, little kids get so so excited. Uh, Tammy Pascarelli uh, is in town, stand-up comedian down at the um, Waterfront uh, Club. Also, uh, the Benedum, again, if you got little kids, the Paw Patrol Live is in Pittsburgh. Mm, I bet that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Bound into the Benedum Center. And um, I don't know, Paw Patrol, we did that as kids as well. Yeah, right. Well, All right. Sure. That's what's happening this weekend. Uh, I think it's time. For? Super Bowl picks. Oh. So um, I'm not sure what the winner's going to receive, other than public accolade. Okay. Which will happen on Monday show. Um, but we're looking for, and I'm going to ask you and Lex, uh, not just a winner, yep. but I'm looking for a score. Mm-hmm. And, How about uh, an MVP? And an MVP. That's mm-hmm. a great nice idea. Tiebreaker, That's right? a great idea. Okay. I like MVP. Okay, I can I go? That. Yes, I would like for you to go. Okay, I'm saying the Chiefs over the 49ers, okay. 30 to 24. Okay. And as he does, shines brightly Let in me these guess. moments. Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Right? I, I think this is, you know. A done deal, pretty much. It's hard to to pick after that. Past performance shows the way. All right. Uh, Lex, you want to go? Sure. Okay. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to win. All right. Are you? Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping, at least. All right. Um, And I think they'll win. I think it'll be 21 to 24. 21 to 24. Wait. 24 24 21 Chiefs. Is that what you said? You got an MVP? Hmm. Travis Kelsey. Oh, there you go. A little nod to the tailor. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And Kath? Well, you guys. Hey, 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 here it comes. Dark horse. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to go 49ers. I thought you might. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go 49ers. And I think that it's going to be a high-scoring game. Oh, you do? Yeah, I do. Like a, what, 38? 34-31. Okay, good. 49ers. I hope that's true. Um, and I'm I'm picking McCaffrey as my MVP. Okay, very nice. All right, now we haven't talked about this, but quickly, we've only got a minute or so left. What's on your menu for the game? Yeah. Uh, on my menu for the game is going to be nachos. Yes, mine too. Yep. And I'm going to do this fresh yogurt dill dip that we mm-hmm. talked about on yesterday's mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I also think I'm going to do slaw. Homemade oh. Mexican slaw. Nice. And maybe some fish on the side. Fish? I think so. Like maybe a cod mm-hmm. on the side. That sounds like a winner Doesn't that sound That's like a, a good very, thing? very, very good. Well, uh, Lexi. You got, uh, you got a menu yet? I think I'm just going to make, because it's really just going to be me watching the game. My boyfriend does not watch sports all that often, so oh. I think I'll be the one enjoying it, okay, and I good. think I'll make myself a plate of nachos. Okay. Maybe some pizza rolls if Can't I'm feeling good. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Okay, I'm doing the same. I'm doing um, uh, some nachos, and I'm doing uh, a voluminous amounts like Tunch and Wolf um, with wings. So nachos and wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. How basic as basic can be. And I'm not going to drink water. No, right. I because I've been really good about drinking water. Yeah, I'm calling that off on Sunday. Yeah, come on, you having I'm a beverage, right? I really am. Mm-hmm. An yeah. adult beverage or just mm-hmm. a sweet beverage? Um, no, not not an adult beverage because right. I don't drink adult beverages. Um, but I think I would be very excited to have an AP. Oh, uh, sure, Arnold yeah, Palmer. Excellent. Yeah. Hey, thanks for being with us. Have a great weekend. Go to church on Sunday too. Great. Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.